Mokhari Mabila is the owner of Native Norsi. It's a bee farming company. It specializes in the production of pure, raw South African honey. Mabila is a third-generation beekeeper. Her father is a beekeeper as well as her grandfather. And she joins us on the line. Hello, Mokhari. Hi. How are you? I'm awesome in yourself. I am so great. And, um, you know, we were talking about your honey off air and a colleague of mine, Lelo, was saying he's got a tub of yours in his fridge and it is so yummy. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Now, I know that you were not planning to be a beekeeper. You have an international relations degree. What led you to uh, to making this decision? Well, um, it was people who were buying my father's honey. So what happened was uh, my father is a beekeeper, has always been all my life. Yeah. And um, when I was, after I finished tertiary, I, I started working. And during tea time, I realized that the people that were consuming honey were not consuming honey that I knew while growing up or the honey that I knew my dad made. So I offered to give them some real honey. And they said, okay, cool. And then I gained one person and it kind of snowballed. A couple of people also started wanting honey. And um, following that, um, I needed more honey from my dad. Then he ran out because he's got his own network. And um, we started asking from beekeepers in our network. And when that ran out, he suggested I get a few beehives of my own so that I can secure my own supply. Uh, and that's how I started having beehives and becoming a beekeeper. So tell us about your role as a beekeeper. What do you do? So as a beekeeper, you make honey. <laughs> you yeah. take care of bees so that they can help you make honey. Uh, um, so that was the intention. We basically, uh, depending on the season, you have to prepare beehives. You wax them. The wax um, attracts the bees to the hives. You find a secure site which has enough food for the bees to actually make honey. You put them there on the site, and then you do hive inspections to check that the hive is okay. It hasn't mm. been bumped over by honey badgers or been tampered with by humans, and that the bees are okay and that they are producing honey or at least producing some brood. Brood is when they lay eggs and um, make sure that the hive grows. Mm. And that's what you do. And depending on the season and the the different crops, then you move the bees around. Uh, If you're a beekeeper like us, who need to make honey. And um, yeah, that's what you do. And recently we've been requested to provide some pollination services to crop farmers so that they can get a better quality crop. And so when we're not making honey, we're providing pollination. What does it take to get into the industry? Is it difficult to penetrate? But I'm sure, Wena, because you're you're a third-generation beekeeper, Mos, it must have been super easy for you to get in. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the, the advantage with me is yeah. that I've got my dad who has the... Um, the expertise of the actual beekeeping. But in terms of what I've done with my business, my father has never done. So he was always a subsistence bee farmer. Mm -hmm. He had no intention to actually do it on the scale that I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So, and also we are in a different era. He was just making honey and people were coming to buy from him. Um, But we, we are operating differently. I mean, we have an online system, our main marketing um, strategies, social media and word of mouth. Um, and, you know, we, we are a different generation compared to how he was doing it. Yeah. So the 
only advantage that I have from my dad is the fact that he's got the know-how of the beekeeping. But he stays in Limpopo, I stay in Houting. Mm. I underwent the beekeeping training just so that I could be able to understand it because um, my father never really taught us beekeeping yet. I don't think he had intentions for me to be a beekeeper and I had no intentions to be. So there was no transfer of skills. So I also still had to go and educate myself so that I could be able to understand it better. And as and when I get stuck, I'll ask him, you know, on a telephone call, but I don't have him all around to actually show me the ropes. So it's not as easy for me as people think. But is it difficult generally to enter this industry? So if I wanted to enter, how hard is this, is this path? What's not difficult is to enter because you just basically need um, beekeeping equipment, okay. which are available. You can just Google. Um, we've got stores in Pretoria that sell it, and I think a couple of people in Joburg that sell beekeeping equipment. You can enroll yourself for a beekeeping course. Okay. You have to register at the Department of Agriculture, and you also have to, you don't have to, but it's an advantage if you register with the South African Bee Industry Organization because just like any industry, it's better if you are joining the regulator of the industry. What's difficult is to penetrate it at a commercial scale, because obviously there are already people who are supplying the market with honey, and for you to be able to make up volumes um, that big and supply them at a competitive price when you have, you know, little resources to none, that is what's difficult, but the beekeeping itself is not. And and here you are, you say it's difficult to set it commercially and yet you opened your first store during lockdown. <laughs> so what, pardon? Yes, yes, yes. We want to know how. Yeah. Mm. So, so what happened with us is that when we started um, in 2015, just like I explained when we started the conversation that I was uh, starting to secure my own supply by having my own beehive, mm. we opened an online store because our most, uh, difficult part was to getting the honey to the people. Yeah. Um, I was not able to get around to driving to everybody's home. Um, so we started an online store. And that sort of grew like that's how people knew us. So people yeah. would log on to our online shop, native.co.za, and they would order the honey, and the honey would be delivered via courier services nationwide. And that started um, building up, and um, we were doing everything from my home Mm. um, in Pretoria. So we had a place which was dedicated to all the processing and packaging of the honey, and it was going out every day. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and it was just not suitable anymore to do it from home because you can imagine all the traffic of employees coming in, you know, packaging, courier people coming in and stuff. So we decided um, that it wasn't the best um, Thing for us anymore because the business was growing so we needed a place where we could operate from and also just from a credibility perspective you know mm-hmm. you want to give people a proper business address and yeah. have a proper office where people can come and identify with your brand and then we decided that we would have that space the working space but we would also have a retail interface so that people who wanted our honey uh, without ordering it online could walk in and see our product and interact with it. Because the problem was that with the online store, you are very virtual. So people don't really meet you and understand who you are and mm. can't put a face to a name. So that's why we opened it. It was always in the cast. It's just that lockdown delayed our plans. But the, the plan was always to have um, a, a working space for Native Nazi. So tell us about uh, the products that Native Nazi sells. 
So native Nossi sells honey and variants of honey. We sell uh, raw honey and all our honey is raw. We don't irradiate it, so we don't heat the honey and destroy all the enzymes. We give people what the bees make. Mm. And we've got variations of that in terms of honey infusion, where we take the honey. For example, our best seller is the chili-infused honey. Mm. Um, and we, we infuse the honey with some chili. So I call it the ultimate sweet chili. Mm. Um, we've got <laughs> some citrus infused as well and mm. some lavender, cinnamon, ginger, so we infuse the honey. So we take the raw honey and infuse it with the natural element. Wow. Um, and we also have honeycomb. We also have uh, honey gifting for corporates, for baby showers, for events. And then what we've done with our, with our store is that we realized that um, we wanted to pick up other young female South Africans who were doing products that were African indigenous. Mm. So that had a common thread with our honey because our honey is pure raw South African indigenous uh, honey. And um, so we've got like um, indigenous teas in the shop by House of Indiza. We've got some sheer butter and skin products by Glow with Red. We've got some local village products which are African grains and flowers. So we've got a whole array of products that are proudly African and, 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 and made by proudly South African females like myself, and they also complement our honey. And we also host um, uh, uh, events, like small-scale events, private functions for people who, who want to use our venue. So that's what we do at Native Nossi. So over and above the honey, we sell all those complementary products, which we also have on our online store, and you also find them as you walk into our honey shop. I love your collaborations, but I also, like, your honey sounds so good. Like the chili-infused honey and the ginger-infused, like, I'm, I'm salivating. I want some right now. But okay. you, you have to, we will probably, we'll, we'll definitely send you some because until you taste our honey, you realize that you actually haven't tasted honey. <laughs> and not because we do anything special, but because we just give people what the bees need. Okay, so does it matter, Nosi, um, Mohadi, rather, how, how, which bees you have to cultivate this honey? Um, not really. You don't really have a choice, if I may, because um, each region has its own bees that are indigenous to that area. So, for example, in South Africa, we've got two types of bees. Mm. Um, in the Cape area, they've got the Cape uh, honey bee, which is called the Capensis, mm. um, and it's indigenous to that area. And as you move up uh, north, um, so into the Bloemfontein area, going up into KZN and obviously infiltrating into Limpopo and Houting and Northwestern and Pumalanga, you've got the African honeybee, which is called the Scutellata. So depending on the region in which you are in, the honeybee will be there. Um, you don't really import bees to actually make the honey that you that you make um, it just depends on the on the region you are in then you use or the, you well the bees that are in that area will be the ones that are making your honey thank you so much so where do we get this honey uh, besides your shop are you still open online for us to purchase Yes, so we've got an online store, nativenossi.co.za. You just get there and say, buy honey. And you've got all our honey products. We've got free delivery for all purchases of 500 rands or more. And then you can obviously come to our Native Nossi uh, uh, Honey Emporium in Menlo Park, Pretoria, at Greenland Village Centre. And we've got some stockers. So if you're in Joburg, you can get our honey from La Marina 
In Cape Town, we've got it at Wheeler's Pharmacy and Pyjamas and Jam. And in Krugersdorp, you can get it from Mackenzie Butchery. And so that's where our honey is, and we are hoping to um, re- uh, get focused in more shops uh, around South Africa that really celebrate um, indigenous natural products. Thank you so much, Mokhari. We'll definitely be getting that honey. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye. That's Mokhari Mabila, founder of Native Norsi. Tune in anytime. You'll hear the hits you like. Feel good music. Radio 2000.